Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Lord God, we come to you this morning. We are thankful to be gathered together. Lord, for some it has been a very rough week. And Lord, for those we ask that you would hold them tight even now at this moment when their hearts are broken, and their lives are challenged. Lord, for some, it's been an exciting week, and uh, exciting things are to come. And so, Lord, we come together as a group uh, in many different places, when we come from uh, many different directions, and yet we come uh, for one reason, to worship you. And so, Lord, I ask that even now you quiet our hearts. As we look at your word, that we would be reminded of your love. As we look, Lord, at uh, this passage that we've read a million times, may it be fresh, may it be new, may it be real in our lives today as we're reminded of that love that came down, came to a manger, would live a perfect life and would take that perfection to the cross. Lord, for those of us who know you, it's an exciting reminder for those who maybe haven't met you yet. Lord, I pray for their hearts this morning that that the words spoken would be powerful because you are a powerful God. That we would be reminded, Lord, that you change lives. You've changed ours. And so, Lord, we ask that even now you'd be speaking into our hearts and we continue to change our lives. In your name we pray. Amen. So I want to read you the scripture, but i got to ask the question. um, Has anybody ever read John 3.16? Anybody ever saw that verse? Yeah. You smile. I, I assume that means you know what I'm talking about, right? So here's the challenge of reading a scripture that we've read or memorized. A lot of us have memorized, or at least it's super familiar. The challenge is that we quickly go from what we remember from the last time, or that we see that scripture and we go directly to where we've been. And sometimes that we kind of hurt ourselves in that way because we don't look for anything new. I want to remind you that... uh, We're not going to read the whole chapter of John uh, 3, but there's a story. There's this Pharisee named Nicodemus, and you probably know that story, right? This this Pharisee, a man who would would know or should know what was going on in the Scriptures, he he comes in contact with this Jesus, and as he meets this Jesus, he knows there's something different. He knows, and and he says, uh, I can see there's something different about you, that you are who you say you are. And part of that story is that uh, Nicodemus doesn't want to get caught as a rabbi. He doesn't want to be caught hanging around with Jesus during the daytime. So he waits till after dark to catch up with him. But he really is intrigued by this rebirth. How do I get born again? And he says, can I go into my mother's womb again? Can I be born a second time? How does that work? And all he can think of is the physical pieces of that. I'm going to do. Uh, I'm going to go back to verse 13. So if you have your Bible, uh, you can follow along. 
But we're going to go 13 to 21. If you don't, just listen. I'll try, to, I'll try to read it. It says, No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already, because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead. And because of their deeds, and because their deeds were evil, everyone who, hate, who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. May God add His blessing as we continue to sing this morning. We ask that You would speak into our lives. Speak through Your words, Lord, Lord, that would be spoken. May they make a difference in the life that we live. May we leave here different than we came. May we be reminded of that love that conquered all. In Your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I want to invite uh, Tim and Rachel up to light the Advent candle. After the angel came to Mary and told her that she would conceive, and the child in her womb was to be named Jesus, Mary said, here I am, the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And Mary sings her songs of praise. My soul glorifies the Lord. He has scattered the proud. He has brought down rulers from their thrones. He has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry. He has provided for the poor. We marvel at Mary, the mother of the Messiah, herself a single teenage mother, herself poor and powerless. But she understood that the baby she would call Jesus was sent not just to her, but to the world, to the hungry, to the weak, to the very young and very old, to those who suffer or are in pain. We light this fourth candle to remember Mary, the mother of Jesus. May the light of this candle also remind us that the light of Jesus shines for everyone. Amen. Thank you. Uh-oh. Oh, there it is. Oof. I was scared there for a second. I didn't know where I, I didn't put the pieces, parts where they belong. Brain, you have to exercise your uh, yes, I was going to have to, yes. 
So, what is love? <laughs> I'm going to get Kenny a mic. <laughs> I have been singing that all week, Ken. <laughs> if you ask my wife, I, I do sing and dance once in a while. Some ridiculous ways, huh? Yeah, that's a great song, right? What is love? Here's the question. What is love? This is where you guys, things get fired back to me like a bomb. Like, I launched this, what is love? What is it? Unconditional caring. What did you say, Joe? Sacrifice. I heard somebody, somebody in the back, I heard some. God. Oh, that's the churchy answer. <laughs> Gene, you can't go wrong with the churchy answer, right? God, Bible, and Jesus in the Bible. What is love? Oh, Lee. Always oh, giving me the churchy answer. Why is love so hard to define? It's an emotion, but is it only an emotion? No, it's bigger than an emotion, right? It is an emotion, right? And we, and we feel, I was just talking to a couple yesterday who were planning on getting married, and I was, we were talking about love and marriage and that commitment and how fluffy we've made love. Uh, love and this, this marriage commitment and falling, being in love is so much bigger than that emotion because there are days when I don't know if I want to be married, right? And, we've, and, and marriage is work. And so we struggle in those moments and we realize that love is more than just an emotion. It's more than just this feeling of uh, flowers and roses and all kinds of nice things. It's bigger than that. So it's bigger than an emotion. But we use God. That's a good one. I like that one. But So what is love? Contentment. Contentment. What was that? I heard something. A decision. Okay, Joe? They did. And they did a better job probably of defining it because they had, they had pieces, parts of love that maybe we don't do as well in the English language. Right, right, yeah, exactly. And so, so here's, uh, here's what the world might say. Uh, love is a strong emotional attachment. We talked about that. Uh, and an affection or devotion to another. Um, I found a better uh, I found a better definition of love, um, Dr. Seuss. <laughs> Not really, but the reality is this is what, it says we're all a little weird and life's a little weird, and when we find someone whose weirdness is compatible with ours, we join up with them and fall into mutual weight, uh, weirdness, and we call that love. That's a little twisted. <laughs> 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 a little accurate, a little accurate. Yes, yes. It's a little, it's a little more accurate than we might want it to believe. So what happens when it becomes normal? Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's not ever normal, Ken. <laughs> and here's here's my love, right? <laughs> uh, I someone yelled at me for not updating pictures of my granddaughter, and so that was the picture from last week. Uh, if if you can't see love in that, uh, um, we we do the. Uh, we do the uh, uh, Facebook Live a lot, about three times a week, and she's up, the last time we, we talked this week, she was walking from one end of the, 
She was just barely walking like a week ago. And by on Friday, she was going from one end to the other, picking up uh, bulbs off the Christmas tree and not, and able to bend over and stand back up, didn't have uh, any trouble with all of that. Uh, I can't wait till February. <laughs> Christmas doesn't happen at my house until February, so... Uh, but this morning we're going to talk a little bit about what the real meaning of uh, love uh, is. And I, and I think this scripture does a great job. Uh, John does a great job of reminding us what really, what love looks like. And here's Lee's. Lee, uh, you're not wrong, Lee. I just wanted to pick on you. Um, we, know that, we know that scripture. <laughs> He's always right. <laughs> and if you don't know, just ask him, right, Lee? <laughs> This is 1 Corinthians 13, that, you know, that love chapter we, uh, we do a lot in weddings. It says, love is patient, it's kind, and it doesn't envy. It's not boastful or proud and rude. It's not rude. It's not selfish or angered, easily angered, keeps no records of wrong. So there's some, those are some pieces of what love looks like. Uh, but I think love is so much uh, bigger than that. Uh, this, this is a, something I caught this week on Facebook as I was perusing, and I like it. Uh, it, it's an old, an old comic, uh, an old Peanuts, uh, but it reminds me that love uh, really is a Jesus. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that this morning. I probably should look at my notes and make sure I actually went where I wanted to go. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about what love is or what love does. And this passage reminds me that Love gives all. When Jesus, uh, when God sends his son uh, to this earth as a sacrifice, that was his all. And I think one of the struggles that we have when we read this passage and we think about that sacrifice is it becomes way too commonplace in our life. We've heard it a hundred times. We've read the scripture a hundred times. And we've, we, we know he sent his son. And somehow we detach from that emotional connection that if we had to send our child somewhere into danger, knowing full well what would happen to them, knowing full well that they would come to this earth, he would live a homeless life, he would... Uh, wander and be chased around and threatened to be killed until he finally was beaten. Then it becomes a lot more real, does it not? When we put other people in that spot, that place of danger, knowing full well, God knew exactly what was going to happen to Jesus before it happened. He knew he was going to send him to earth in a manger and that his life would be full of Sharing the gospel, right? But it also would be very full of all these things um, that would cause him hurt. When he sent Jesus at the beginning, he sent him within the reflection of the cross. And I don't know if you guys have watched or looked in the narthex when you come out. Uh, I appreciate Kathy, what Kathy did. She did a great job with uh, the decorations. But the decorations said there's a manger out there. I, I like that. Um, but I don't know if it's, the, the cross is actually right, like right behind it. And so it reminds me um, that, that when Jesus was sent to earth, from the very beginning, the plan was already set in place. Remember uh, week one, we talked about 
Uh, in Genesis, God was preparing this plan. At the very beginning, as soon as man failed, God was working on a new plan. He was working on a new plan for our benefit. He came to earth for you. He came to earth for me. He came to earth so that we might have salvation. And I'm challenged that sometimes we take that lightly. We come into the sanctuary and we take that lightly. We forget that the sacrifice was for me. And in some ways, if I would walk my life in light of that, I think I would do it differently. Because sometimes I get really narrow-minded and and short-sighted and I forget. And you want to know when I find out I forget? It's when I'm short with someone. It's when I'm not caring and loving and, and not giving to someone else. It's those moments when I get frustrated and mad and I choose to do things that I shouldn't do. And I say things and I think things and I sin. It's in those moments that I forget that God gave his all through Jesus Christ. And I'd love to tell you that I got it all figured out. But guess what? I don't have it figured out all the way and you don't have it figured out either. And so we have something we can learn today. That God sent his son to give all. And we need to be giving all. I'm going to challenge you. You're going to be spending time with this Christmas, I promise you, in the next couple days or the week. You're going to spend time with someone you're not really all that keen about. Am I right? You're going to find, you're going to, there's going to be someone you're going to connect with um, somewhere in this next week that's going to be a challenge to your holiday. And I'll ask you to ask yourself, How would Jesus want me to deal with this situation? And it may be just this. Right? It may be just biting your tongue and not saying the things that that might roll off your, uh, your mouth. One of the reasons I think we struggle with um, giving our all is that we've been hurt. We've been hurt in relationships, right? None of us gets out unscathed. We've all been hurt somewhere in a relationship in our life, whether it was when we were young, when we were old. And so we mash all this together into a pile. I want to show you a picture. I know you guys like food. Um, right? There are some of us who, uh, there are some, not me, uh, but there are some who, who have to compartmentalize all their food. They might as well just... And then there are some who just mix it all together. And, and I think sometimes that this is how we treat love. I was treated poorly by one person in my life and now everyone else, I'm going to respond the same way that I've been treated. And I challenge you to change the marker in your life for how you respond in love. Don't respond in love to what you've been treated like, but respond to the, the bar that has been set by God himself. God so loved this world that he sent his son. I'm not saying get stomped on and trampled on and run over. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is though we can learn something about how God took and sacrificed His Son. He gave His all so that we could have eternity. There's a lot of grace in that. 
Second, love gives us a choice. And I don't know if you noticed that in that scripture. Um, you don't really have something to think about. You don't have love if you don't have a choice. Think about that for a second. You don't have love if you don't have choice. And here's why. I can't force you to love me, can I? You can't force me to love you. We have to have a choice. It, love entails the choice to be connected emotionally, to love someone else. And the scripture in verse 18 says, whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not stands condemned already. There's a choice there. God said, listen, I'm going to put these choices out. I'm going to give you two choices. I'm going to give you an opportunity to not love me. Because if I don't give you an opportunity to not love me, it's not really love. That's the only way you can have love. If you get to choose, then you, you at least know that you can love. See, we live in a world that's this, right? This is my buddy Sam. This is, I got this from my buddy Sam Renner. He's preparing to go on vacation, and we were talking about 24 flavors of ice cream. And he's pretty excited because he's going on vacation where they have 24 flavors of ice cream. And don't we live in a world that wants to, We have all these choices. And we make all these choices. And we want 24 flavors of ice cream. I don't know about you, but I'm old because I can remember chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry being pretty exciting, right? <laughs> Holy cow, they put Neapolitan, they put three in one. <laughs> yeah, okay, occasionally. If, if it was a special Christmas, right? You got sherbet if it was a special Christmas. God says, listen, there's a dark and there's a light. Those who are in darkness don't want the light. Those who are in the light uh, know the truth and stay out of the darkness. We have a choice. You know what, what I love about the choice? This is the part I love about the choice. Whoever, right? If you're a King Jameser, it'd be whomever. Whosoever, that might be the old King James, right? Or I don't read King James, but that means anybody. That means anyone who calls on the name of Jesus, will be saved. You know what that means? It doesn't matter what your background looks like. It doesn't matter if you thought the church was going to fall in on you this morning as you walked in the door. You think that's funny, but I've had a lot of people say that to me. Thankfully, the walls didn't fall in when I walked in the church. Because they actually believe that they've done something so bad that they can't be forgiven. And the scripture is pretty plain. When Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, he says, whoever, Nicodemus, you Pharisee, whoever, whoever you are, you have not done something that takes you out of the ability for God to forgive you. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. There's hope in the whoever. Whoever. There's hope in the people that we continue to pray for day after day, after week, after week, after month, after year. We pray for their salvation. There's hope that whoever calls on that name of Jesus will be saved. His grace was big enough for me. 
If you don't believe me, you can meet some of the people I went to high school with. My wife sees them once in a while, and they still laugh, right? They laugh because they know who I was and what I'm capable of and the things that came out of my mouth and the way I acted. And they think it's pretty funny that God would take some ridiculous person so far on the fringe and give them an opportunity to change. And so I offer that to you because it was offered to me in grace. He gives us a choice that whoever would come to him would be saved. And I want to offer that to you this morning. We're gonna, when we finish up this morning, we're gonna, I'm going to offer the altar because uh, there's never a bad day to come to Christ. Finally, love gives the truth. It says, whoever lives by the truth comes into the light, but whoever's that it may be seen plainly, and what they have done is right in the sight of God. Truth will continue to be the truth. I don't know if you watch much TV. I don't like watching TV. But things get so twisted and tangled and messed up in this world, and we have this, relative, this idea of relative truth, right? That if it's true, but if we do this end around, we can, we can turn it, and before you know it, you've turned in a whole circle, and you don't know what's really truth. Let me help you out. This is truth. This is truth. If you need a guide to figure out life, this is truth. Anything else falls short. I wrote, a, I wrote a paper, and I've told some of you this. I wrote a paper in undergrad. It was the last paper I wrote, and I wrote it in an ethics class, and it was about abortion. And the paper was this. Tell us in 10 pages or less your stance on abortion. And the class was extremely liberal, ridiculously liberal. And so I decided as my swan song to undergrad that I would write this paper tongue-in-cheek, and I should have put sarcastic font in it, which is the backwards font, I think. That's what I'm told. This is what I wrote. I wrote that, and I spent 10 pages and a lot of uh, time and energy researching the fact that we should, as ridiculous as this sounds, we should kill babies up until the age of two. It's called infanticide, if you've never heard of it. It's, there, is a, there is a really people that are way off who, who believe that. And here's what my theory was. If we killed fat babies, they wouldn't grow up to be fat people. They wouldn't ruin the world uh, or, the, uh, or the medical system, and we wouldn't have to deal with all the things that happen. Mind you, that's absolutely ridiculous. I wrote this tongue-in-cheek. I spent a lot of time researching uh, what happens to people and how much money is spent, and I put this paper together tongue-in-cheek. Meaning, it was ridiculous. But I took this crazy truth, uh, and I just took a little slice, and I made it another little truth, and another little truth, and another little truth. And you know what happened? I finally could get there if I went enough slices around. And I found a little slice of truth in all this false stuff. And I turned that stupid thing in. And my professor loved it. He said, I'd give you a hundred, except that uh, 
You didn't come around and tell me what you thought about abortion at the end. Well, I was... I didn't want to tell him. He didn't, he didn't have to know. I'd already told him where I was at. Begins at conception. And Scripture says it's even before that, right? The truth will always be the truth. And when you know the truth, it will set you free. There's someone, some, someone here today is living in that bondage of lies. And I encourage you. I think about all the things that we hear in our minds and the voices that speak into our lives. And we live in those lies where we think we're not good enough. Or we're not able enough. Where God doesn't love us anymore. And I'm going to share it. I used to, I had this on my door for a long time. And I appreciate it. It says it ain't all that much, but it's all I got. And God says it's all I've ever wanted. And that's what he wants, our heart. You know why? You know why he wants your heart? Not so he can beat you down. Not so he can make a hundred rules that you can't follow. Tried that in the Old Testament, did they not? He wants your heart because he loves you and he wants a relationship and he wants what's best for you. But he's given you that choice. He's given us a choice to pick him or try to figure out how to do it on our own. Let's pray. Lord God, we come to you this morning. We are thankful for your word. Reminded that Nicodemus came uh, with our Lord to be changed to be loved. He wanted to experience a real faith in a relationship with you. Lord, he came out of fear. He came in the dark so, so that people wouldn't know that he was uh, questioning where he was at. And you came, Lord, and you showed yourself, revealed yourself that you were the Messiah, the one that people would follow. Lord, I pray this morning for anyone here who hasn't met you as their Savior. Who, Lord, they may know about you, may have heard about you, they may um, have watched other people's lives change because of you, but they haven't experienced it on their own. Lord, they sit there and they hear this message and they still don't respond. And you have called out that this truth will set them free. You have called, Lord, to them that all they have to do, as the Scripture says, is to call on your name to make you the Lord of their life. No other strings attached. No other works to do. Nothing but calling on your name. And so, Lord, I pray for anyone this morning who hasn't made that decision. Lord, I pray that you would call upon their name and call upon their heart, Lord, that you would challenge them where they sit today to offer their lives to you. Lord, I pray this morning for those who have broken hearts, whose hearts are, are heavy and hurting this morning, for broken relationships, uh, things that are, haven't gone well, Lord, for uh, tragedy and just things, Lord, that uh, continue to be a part of our lives. I pray for their hearts this morning. Lord, I pray that you would uh, help them to put and put someone next to them, near them, who will hold them and cry with them 
And Lord, give them uh, the comfort that you would give them. I pray, Lord, that you would give them the peace. The peace that they would know that you are a powerful and mighty God. And Lord, as we prepare to be together for Christmas Eve to celebrate that babe child born, may we, Lord, prepare our hearts not for presents or for food, but prepare our hearts, Lord, to be reminded of the the gifts of love that was given in our name. May that be powerful in our lives. In your name we pray. Amen.